Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart. Hey, did I get your attention? We're doing something special for the next month. We're going to focus on now business. Like how do you generate income today, right now? My name is Jesse Zagorski. You probably know me as one of the regular hosts here, producer of the Agent Power Huddle. I'm also a broker associate with eXp. And what I keep hearing over and over again is agents that truly need to shift their business. The market shifted, they need to shift and they got to close the deals today. And so whether you're a brand new agent this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad you guys can make it in here. Um, so I'm going to share my screen and we'll get started. All right, hopefully it shows the right one. Okay, it's loading. Okay, so this is the future follow-up part two. What we're gonna talk about today is what should you look for in an ISA? Um, my name is Sarah Delancey, and I'm gonna give you a little background, but a lot of you already know me, so I'm just gonna make this a little more brief than usual. Um, currently, I'm the owner and CEO of the Inside Sales Agency, which is a boutique ISA company for real estate agents. Um, I'm also a realtor at eXp Realty, but I did not enjoy selling real estate. So I keep my license for things like referrals and recruiting and stuff like that. Um, I also right now am helping some of the top real estate agents um, and coaches train their own ISAs for their teams. And that is a lot of fun for me and I'm very excited about it. So um, I used to be uh, an ISA team leader and trainer for a real estate coaching and consulting company, which I truly loved and where I found a passion for this. And that's where you know, a lot of um, this stuff comes from, but also because I have a BA in psychology from the University of Washington. So, um, you know, a lot of follow-up and like connecting with people has to do with psychology and reading things and stuff like that. So um, I was also Linnea Carver's real estate assistant for a little while, and she's amazing. So you guys should check her out on Friday Power Tips right here at agentpowerhuddle.com. Okay, okay. So um, last week I went into what is an ISA. And so this uh, week we're going to talk about the true and false statements about what an ISA actually does. And then we're going to get into more of like what is an ISA service versus a team member and all of that stuff. But um, right now I want you guys to think of an ISA as someone that is looking for the gold in a pile of silver. And so if you think of your database as a pile of silver, um, which it can be silver and copper and other things and coal, um, uh, but there is gold in there, right? And sometimes real estate agents don't have the time to go through and find the gold. And so an ISA is somebody that can nurture your database by following up with um, past and future clients and telling you like really where to focus your energies and your time on, um, based on like ascertaining their readiness to sell, asking the right questions, um, qualifying them, making calls and texts on your behalf and things of that nature. One thing that people think about them that is false is that they're just appointment setters. Um, there can, they can be, but they should be so much more than that, especially um, if they're a member of your team and stuff like that, because there's a lot that goes into it and I'm very passionate about it. So, um, so, you know, appointment setters, you know, that's not gonna, I mean, you'll see the random 
just appointment setter get, you know, an appointment set, but um, there should be a lot more involved in it. And we'll, we'll kind of look at that. So another thing that's false is that you need to have a team before hiring an ISA or an assistant or something like that. Um, so you don't need to, but you should be busy enough, too busy to make calls and text yourself. So, and you should have enough leads for it as well. Um, they're also, they're not just a virtual assistant. They're not the same thing as a virtual assistant. A lot of ISAs have a very different personality from, um, assistants and, you know, they're more competitive and they're more outgoing and they're, you know, uh, I don't know. They're just not the same thing as an assistant who's kind of like a box checker, right? Um, I would not say that anybody can be an ISA. I already kind of covered that. And the other misconception that I know is out there, and I've experienced it myself when I first started this company, is that they close deals for you. Um, and ISA does not close deals for you. That's your job. They help you connect with the gold so that you can get them from you know cold to warm to hot to closed right? So they may work it from cold to hot. And then when it's hot, they give it to you. And from that point on, the ball is in your court to really take it from that point moving forward to try to get them, uh, you know, all the way to the closing table. So anybody have any questions about that so far? I know we have kind of a light crew today because there were some technical difficulties. But if you have a question, just, you know, raise your hand or come off mute. And uh, yeah, we'll get into it. So um, so an ISA team member. So a team member is somebody that is a part of your team. Usually they're local, right? They're going to work out of your CRM. They are, um, a lot of times they have real estate experience. Maybe they are a licensed agent. Um, a lot of teams will have their agents make these calls as ISAs and things like that. So those real estate agents that are doing that, they can close deals for you. So there is that as well. But um, typically, on average, you do not see um, the ISA as somebody that's licensed. It's like, uh, you know, out there closing the deals. So just a caveat to the last, uh, you know, they close deals for you thing. Um, so when they're a member of your team, you usually pay them hourly plus commissions or some kind of bonuses. And we'll kind of look at um, the average structure for that. And it really does depend on you know, your market and your area about how much you pay them hourly, but we'll get into that. Um, so an ISA service, they may use your CRM or they may not, um, but uh, they are typically virtual. So um, a lot of them nowadays are outsourced and they have no real estate experience and stuff like that. Um, I don't recommend that, but it can work, um, but it's just not what I I see is the best option. Um, their hours hours can vary with the with an ISA service. So, um, you know, they could be part time, they could be full time, um, they could make a certain number of dials every day or a certain number of calls or something like that. Um, they don't just work with you, right? So they have other agents that they make calls for. They're not exclusively part of your team. Uh, they're usually um, a flat rate per month. And then a lot of ISA companies charge a per appointment fee. Um, there are other ISA companies like my own. We we don't currently have a per appointment fee. And that's because I didn't want um, ISA setting, you know, appointments before they were actually ready. So 
you might have multiple ISAs working your leads. So if one isn't working, like then there's another one. A pro to this, which we'll get into that I don't think I put on this though, is that um, if you have multiple ISAs working your leads, um, then if somebody calls in sick, then it's still going to get done. So that's that's something else I'm just going to throw out there. So I just talked about this, the pros and cons. Um, so the pros of an ISA team member, and these just basically flip-flop because the pros of somebody that's on your team are the cons of uh, an ISA service and vice versa. The pros of an ISA service are the cons of a member of your team, right? So uh, like I said, ISA team member, they're local, they're connected, they're in your CRM, they're probably on your team meetings, they're in your trainings, they are involved in the daily grind of your business and your organization. Um, a lot of times, if they are a member of your team, they are either already working toward their license or they have some kind of real estate experience. So they are knowledgeable about like your market and your area and how to say the names of the cities and things like that. So um, they understand what a CMA is and how you don't say CMA to, you know, a prospect that you say home estimate and stuff like that. If you have them on your team, you're going to have a lot more accountability and control over what's going on, right? You can you can see the number of dials that they're making, how many connections they're making, what kind of notes they're taking, um, and you can you can talk to them about that. You can help them with that. You can train them on it and things like that. So you you have a a lot more accountability and control with somebody that's on your team versus an ISA service. Now there are ISA services out there that you could still have that. Um, so. Ask me about it if you you know want to know what my opinions are on that. Um, so also you have loyalty with somebody that's on your team. So uh, they're going to be somebody that you know shows up day in and day out, and you're going to have you're going to have a sense of loyalty that to that person. They're not going to be switched out with anybody. Um, it's going to be consistent and you know stuff like that. Um, the cons of having an ISA on your team is usually, you know, it's going to be uh, more time on your part to train, to to um, hold them accountable, to keep, uh, you know, keep them involved and keep them uh, up to date with everything that they should be up to date on. And so that, that definitely takes more time, especially you're going to have to spend more money on them as well. Um, usually they're full-time or like almost full-time, and then they are going to be receiving uh, commissions and bonuses, like I talked about a minute ago. So um, they're going to need more training. Uh, they So when you first hire an ISA, uh, unless you find somebody that's already got it, but usually they don't know every CRM out there. So, you know, you're going to need to train them on your CRM, your system, your processes, and what that looks like, your follow-up techniques and how you want that to look. So, um, so that does take a good chunk of time, right? Um, there's less flexibility with a uh, with an ISA team member. And the reason that there's less flexibility, like I said, you know, if it if somebody that's an ISA service that you hire is calling in sick, then, you know, they're going to put somebody else in that spot, usually, depending on the size of the ISA company, I guess. So the ISA service, you're going to spend less time um, on an ISA service, you can you can pay them, uh, you know, a flat rate monthly usually or or some kind of like 
depending on the hours and structures. A lot of them do it, you know, based on the number of leads. That's how we do it. So it's a number of leads and there's an, you know, we'll call as many times as it takes, but um, every lead is a phone number for us. So everybody kind of does it differently though. There are some out there that do it based on hours. So just to throw this out there, if, um, if you hire an ISA service, you want to see the ISA making between 10 to 30 calls an hour. So I would say 20 is a really good average number of calls that they should be making. Um, an ISA service is going to be less money over time, de um, depending on which one you choose and all of that. Um, the other thing about an ISA team member is there is not really a limit on the number of leads. So if you have 14,000 leads in your database, um, you know, you might want a full-time ISA because they can just continue working those. Whereas an ISA service, it depends on the service you go with, but they they have caps on certain number of leads and stuff like that in hours. Um, but you do get them already trained. So uh, an ISA service, you know, they train your ISA. I would also recommend that you take some time to sit down with your ISA or ask them to watch YouTube videos about you and get to know the area. And if there's any difficult um, cities to pronounce in the area, like where I'm from in Washington, there's a city called Puyallup. Um, most people cannot pronounce it unless they're from here. So I take the time to, you know, let my ISAs know, hey, this is how you say this, uh, the city, if you see it, and this is how it's spelled and all of that. So um, I would recommend that you guys do that too. And, and just let your ISA know, hey, this is how you say this particular city. Um, and just spend some time with them. Let them get to know you because they should know like your client avatar and all of that stuff too. And like just who you are and what you're looking for so that they can make those judgment calls when they're making the call. So either way with an ISA service or with somebody that's on your team, those are good practices. All right. Um, the flexibility, like I said, uh, you're going to be able to, you know, an ISA service, they... Um, they can switch up the date and times that they call. They, you know, can switch out different ISAs if you're not happy with the results of one ISA um, or you feel like you're not connecting with that ISA, um, then, you know, you can ask for a different ISA usually. Um, you can you can quit easily. Uh, so it's really flexible that way too. Like you, you don't feel as loyal. I, of course, with my clients, I don't feel that way, but like there's a lot of ISA services out there that it... It's a little easier to get out of it than if somebody's an employee, right? Um, the cons, right? So ISA services, you're going to need a lot of accountability. You're going to want to know how many calls they're making per hour. You're going to want to know how many people picked up. You're going to want to know what the conversation results were, what's the next step and stuff like that, and um, whether they set an appointment. So um, we'll look at that in just a second. But uh, because they're virtual, a lot of times, then you need to really keep um, you know, a really good eye on what's happening within it. They usually feel a little bit disconnected. So depending on like, if they're, um, you know, really involved in what's going on, like I said, and, and you're talking to these people on a daily basis, or whether you're, um, you know, just hiring a service, and it's a different ISA calling for you, and you don't really know their name, but sometimes you get a transfer, or sometimes you get something from them, a text message or something that that's a little different. So um, you want your ISA like, like I tell my ISAs that they should be checking in with their clients at least, you know, every 48 hours, just even if nothing's happening, just say, Hey, there's, there were a ton of bad phone numbers or I left a bunch of messages or something like that, just so that 
our um, clients know that the ISA has been working their leads and like they don't have to worry and like they know that things are getting taken care of. So, um, so a lot of times with an ISA service, there's little or no real estate experience, which is actually why I created the Inside Sales Agency <laughs> because I saw that as a huge problem. Um, everybody was outsourced. And when I did the research for this, um, yeah, there's so many ISA companies out there that just outsource um, their ISAs, which made sense for them because it's cheaper labor and everything like that. You, you know, people think that being an ISA is just following a script, um, which it is not. So uh, so that is something else. Um, but there are ISA companies out there that hire people that have real estate experience in the United States. So, you know, if you are looking for that, feel free to reach out to me. Um, so yeah, you're going to have less accountability and control, but there are ways to take that back. Like I said, by having good conversations, having a good relationship with your ISA and everything like that. Um, and the loyalty thing, it depends on the contract that you get into. Um, but I feel like if you're going to hire an ISA, you really do need to build that relationship. So I will keep coming back to that because when they care about you, then they're going to go above and beyond. Like, right. They're going to, they're going to care about you getting a closing. I care a little too much sometimes. Like I am so like, I get anxious when I feel like my clients are, you know, like I set an appointment and the person says, call me back and they confirm it. And then they know show like that upsets me. And I think that's good. I think that's good that it shows that I care. And so, all right, so let's get into the meat of this. I think, um, Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't, I changed my slides around. So you don't have to apologize. I'll try to, I'll try to blow through this. So, um, this is based on, um, on the left, the team member monthly cost is the average cost. I got this from John Cheplak's official ISA playbook. And um, it's it's not exactly what's in his playbook because I don't want to do all that. But this is kind of roughly what it says. So, you know, this is for a full time ISA and the closing bonus is either or. Right. Um, so some people will pay a percentage of their commission and some people will pay just a flat um, bonus, like 250 bucks or 500 bucks. So it really depends on your area and like your average, uh, you know, sales price and things like that. So um, a monthly service cost, this is, this is, this varies, right? Like it can, it can start like mine anywhere. From, like mine starts at 800 a month. Um, there's set a fee and then, you know, stuff like that. But we do not have, like I said, an appo appointment bonus. And I already explained why. Um, so if you hire an ISA service that is, you know, charging you per appointment, clearly state what counts as an appointment. Does a transfer count as an appointment? Well, to me, that does because they connect with, they connect with the agent. If they're not connecting with the agent, um, as long as the agent did everything that they were supposed to do, showed up on time and, and all of that, then that I think is, you know, that's a good appointment or that's a, that's not considered an appointment, but if, uh, if they know show and stuff like that, you know, keep following up with them. Keep trying. Okay. So this is the meat of what we're here for, right? So what should you look for? And I say, I could talk about this all day. Um, and usually, usually I think that I have enough time, but okay. So number one, communication skills. Your ISA needs to be able to communicate like with ease over phone calls and texts. They need to know when to ask the right questions. Like, are you working with the real estate agent? They need to know, um, you know, what's your timeline? They need to be able to 
have kind of a banter and not look like an AI and not look salesy, okay? Um, so communication skills are numero uno. They need an outgoing personality for that usually, um, right? So number two, resiliency. They're going to get hung up on. We get hung up on, we get cussed at, we get we get strange texts that we don't understand. Um, one time I had a guy tell me I was calling in Vegas and he said he was on acid on the strip and I, he wanted to know if I could come pick him up. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. And you kind of have to take it with a smile on your, you need to take it with a smile on your face and, you know, thanks so much. Have a great day. Nice talking to you. Like no ill will behind it because all of us get frustrated when we get weird calls that we don't expect. Right. Like obviously we should still be polite, but, um, you know, this is not an easy job um, being an ISA. So definitely need somebody that's resilient. Okay. Um, they need to be goal oriented. I say this because if they have like a lot of people will say, okay, look at your KPIs, right? I need to make 200 calls in a week because 200 calls means that I'll probably connect with 20 of those people and that'll be two appointments a week. And if I get two appointments a week, I'm likely to close one a month and then I'll have 12 you know, deals in a year, right? So if you look at your KPIs and what you need, and I would say the average is that 10% of people pick up the phone. So if you say you're going to make 200 calls, then about 20 people will pick up the phone. And about half of those are probably going to say that it's, you know, they're not interested, they have an agent, they already bought, they already sold, or, or something like that, right? Um, so the other half, you're hoping that you can get their story and find out what's going on. So I do feel like the, the market has picked up in the last two weeks. I'm seeing a lot more appointments. I'm seeing a lot more, um, interest like now. So I just want to throw that out there too. So goal oriented, they need to be that way so that they know what they they have to hit. When I did this, um, our goal was to make, you know, set three appointments a day and I was always trying to crush that so that I could be at the top. And if there's some kind of compensation model for being the best, that's even better because competitiveness is, you know, my number four. So you want them to be competitive. You want them to feel like, okay, this is a challenge to do this. And not everybody can do it and do it at a really high level. So the, the better I am at it, you know, the more excited I'm going to be. So they should get really excited when they have a potential buyer or seller on the phone for you, or if they set a really good appointment, you should see excitement all over their face and in their eyes and in their voice and all of that, right? So um, it's a good kind of competitive. It's not like, oh, I, you know, it's not a bad competitive. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so they need to be self-motivated. This is a hard one. Hard one to find, I'm not going to lie. Um, finding people um, that are self-motivated, that make the calls like consistently and stay up with it and all of that. That's why you have to really look at the call numbers and, and the outcomes. So um, for my team, we keep track of our wins. We keep track of our call numbers, all of that stuff. So which is leads me to number six, which is being organized. So you need to know exactly how many calls they made in a day, in an hour, all of that, how many people picked up the phone and they spoke with, um, how many of the, how many of them actually became appointments, and then what is happening with the rest of them? Like, how do you take the next step? If they say, oh, um, yeah, I was just browsing. Well, how did they handle that? There are ways to handle that. 
you know, like, awesome. I, is there anything I can do to help you with, you know, browse or if you're just browsing, would you like a monthly market update to just kind of get an idea of what's going on in the market? That way you're, you're in loop. And when the time is right, you know, and then that way you have a reason to check in with them again, because you're sending them something. So um, being organized, knowing what the next steps are, having that intuition, that's really important. They need to be tech savvy. Obviously, we're calling out a CRM. You do not want them messing up your tags or anything in your CRM, right? So um, it is pretty important that they have all of those uh, tech savvy skills to be in your database and stuff like that. Um, Problem solving skills, obviously, are key. They're going to get objections, how they handle those objections um, without being salesy or pushy. Super important. and. You know, some of the things that you can do in order to find out how like how to look for an ISA. One of the things that we do is we have an Indeed ad running for free. And there's an option to have them send um, a voice text with the answers to questions like, how have you handled conflict? Or how would you handle this situation? Right? I don't know exactly what they are. And then I get to hear their phone voice. And actually, one of my ISAs, um, I hired and, uh, be, just because like he was so good with that and now he's, he's amazing as well. So, um, it really works out and he was not like, he wasn't in the area I was looking for, but it worked out really, really well. So you might want to try that, um, having them, you know, answer questions on a voice text beforehand so that you can get an idea for their phone voice. And if they sound salesy and if, if they do sound salesy, you can help them with that. You need to tell them like, Think of yourself as talking to your best friend, not as you being professional and like, hello, this is Sarah with Leonard Carver Home Team, right? You don't want it to be like that. You want it to be very genuine. If you don't know how to say their name, say, hey, um, I'm sorry. I don't know how to say your name. Can you pronounce it for me? Right? Like, just be genuine. And they they will open up to that. Like a lot of times people will. Um, okay, so they need to be knowledgeable about you, your client avatar, and your market. This really should be number one, but um, these aren't really in serious order, but this is just what I thought of at the time. So um, when you have a, a niche, I heard this the other day, niches are equal riches. So when your niche is something that um, is obvious, you should definitely lean into that and your ISA should know what that is. And if you do special things like, you know, um, pet of the week or spotlight small businesses or something special in your community, your ISA should know what that is. Your ISA should know if you have a video that explains um, the process of buying a new construction home, right? Your ISA should know what resources you have to share with your leads and your prospects because that way, if they get an objection like, oh, you know, I'm waiting till the interest rates come down. Oh, hey, that's awesome. I hear that a lot. You know, um, maybe this video will kind of help open your mind to why now is still a good time to buy and then send a video. Right. So we have that. We ask that of our clients. OK. Um, and then lastly, you know, know how to serve, not sell. I think I've touched on all of this very, very much so already. So um that is pretty much it, I think, for my presentation. Any questions anyone have? I hope uh, that was informative and helpful for everyone. So thank you very much. And I guess I will see you guys next week for part three when we talk about my favorite lead gen tools. 
If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.